Welcome everybody to the Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett, and on today's episode, we have Samantha Cater from Dessert Boxes. Now, these guys have absolutely blown up on social media. They are hilarious. It's as if you were watching a sitcom. So if you've ever wanted to find out how can you engage more with your audience, how can you stand out on your Instagram stories and build a relationship with people and make sure that they either love you or hate you, and don't be wrong, there's a bit of hate, and I'll put an asterisk. There's a few, uh, let's just say, swear words used in this episode. So if you're easily offended, do not listen to this episode. But if you want to find out more about the amazing ladies at dessert boxes and what they get up to and how they grow their business and marketing on Instagram. This is the episode for you. Let's jump into the show. Samantha, thank you so much for making the time to join us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Kim. Awesome to be here. Now, I always like to start the podcast with the same question every time, which is if I met you at a party and we we're chatting away and I said, what is it that you actually do? What's your go-to answer? I have to say the one thing I always say is I sell donuts. Because I'm like, who doesn't <laughs> want to know the person at the party that sells donuts? I was listening to your other podcast and I was listening to the responses and I'm like, I wouldn't respond that way. Like I have an online gift giving company that wages war and boring gifts. The first thing I would honestly say, it's probably the marketer in me, like creating a story is I sell donuts and then that's just going to get them intrigued. And then further to that, I'll just tell them we have an online gift giving store and we're just, we're putting an end to boring gifts. Your gifts are definitely not boring. Like myself and our team are pretty addicted to watching the stories that you guys have. And I'm just always like, some of the ones I'm just like, oh, this is so hilarious. I have to literally go in and show the team them as they're going. <laughs> but tell us a little bit about the story. Because obviously you said you definitely don't do boring stuff. You guys, I would probably say, are definitely on the edgier side of things when it comes to what I, what I see put out from you guys. How did you go about starting that sort of brand yeah. avenue for yourselves? So it was kind of an accident. So when we first started the entire concept of dessert boxes and, you know, putting donuts and desserts and gifts and sending them around Australia, no one had innovated the gift-giving company since around the early 2000s when the edible arrangements came out. Mm. Um, So we wanted to innovate. We had to disrupt. So the first way we disrupted was through our product offering, so a product that had never been seen before. But then another way we wanted to disrupt was through our brand and our tone And the way we came across and, you know, building characters within our business that people can kind of resonate and relate to. But it was actually all an accident. So can I say the C word on your podcast? It's kind of a story. This is going to be an explicit (laughs) podcast for my guys editing the recording. Put explicit notes on. Go for gold. Say whatever you like. (laughs) That's the disclaimer. (laughs) So the way it started was when we first started, I was sending influencer boxes. And Jane Lou from Shopo, the owner of Shopo, was one of the first that I sent a box to. And I remember her saying to me, she texted me, she's like, Sam, I'm about to send all this traffic over to your Instagram page and all you've got is six really silly posts on your feed. You need to change up your content and put different pieces of content on there. I was like, all right, what can I possibly do? Like we've just started, I know nothing about marketing. Let me post photos of messages. So it was Valentine's Day. So I posted like a really, it was a cute message though. Like it was a lovely message from a boyfriend to a girlfriend. I'm like, all right, I'll just post this up. And then we just kept doing that. And every day I would go through the messages that people were sending to each other. 
just because we wanted to see the occasions that they were sending it to. So then one day I come across a message. It's from a mother to her son. And she wrote, happy birthday, cunt, in the message. And I was like, this is great content. Like, I can't even make this up. So I went to my brother. So it's run by three siblings. I do the marketing. And I'm the youngest. So I'm the brattiest. So I go over to my brother and I'm like, can I post this? Like, it's really funny. And he comes from ex-corporate 10 years background, HR. He goes, you're not posting it. So what do I do? I removed his admin access from Facebook. This was, we started on Facebook. So I removed his admin access and I posted it. And I'm not even kidding when I say overnight, we got 10,000 followers. To this day, this post has reached over 10 mil people. And I was like, you know what? There's something in this. Like that's not the kind of exposure you can hope for one of your posts to get. Like it's not, it wasn't planned. And it was from there that I was like, okay, what is it that people are really enjoying about this? And it was the, we're real, we're raw, we're authentic. There's humans behind the brand. And that's kind of where it's all developed from. Yeah, I love that. And you can definitely tell, as you said, I I like the part now where, as you mentioned, you've got like the characters, right? And it is because someone's going to connect with, you know, you've got a pretty good array of characters that are on there at the moment. So have you, did you then, once you kind of realize these things, did you strategically think, I'm going to start positioning everyone in the team as a character and build upon their story and stuff like that? Or how did that develop from there? Yeah, definitely. So when we hired the girls, so if you guys follow us, you know, we have Stella, we have Dildo, <laughs> another disclaimer. <laughs> we have Dildo and we've recently, I'm the voice, so I'm like the mysterious one. And then we've recently introduced Boss Man. So when I look at characters, like when we look at our team, we obviously hire them based on cultural fit. But when they come in for the interviews, and we we're talking about this the other day, I would look at them and be like, okay, how can I make you more relatable to our audience? Who is our audience going to relate to and resonate with? Are they going to like you? And if the answer is no, it's okay, what character can I turn you into? Or what kind of personality trait can I find in you? And then base all our content around that. So if you see Stella, she's like the rough girl from the West that doesn't give a fuck, says whatever she wants, doesn't wear makeup to work, just wears anything, doesn't really care about hierarchy and her bosses. And then you've got Dildo's character, who's a pretty girl from the Shire, who's really classy, but eats a lot. So I'm like, all right, let me play on the whole eats a lot. Girls want to be friends with her. They want to know where her outfits are from. So we play on that character. That's the character we've built for her. And then you've got Boss Man, who we've recently introduced, who is really mysterious to people, and they want to know more about him. So we purposely don't tell them more because it keeps them watching. Because people want to know who this man is that lets us get away with everything that we do in the office. So we definitely do look at somebody new that comes in and we think to ourselves, how can I turn you not just into a character, but a character that our audience is going to actually resonate with and like? Yeah, I think you've done a tremendous job of that because I know even myself watching, I'm like, it literally feels like every day I'm tuning in to like a soap opera and I'm like, oh, what's going to happen today? And then, you know, the other day, boss man's sick and Stella puts his desk yeah. in the toilet. Gonna have, what's going to be the repercussions? Like, I just love that. And it is because for me, I'm looking at it from not only from the marketer perspective, but I'm also looking at it from the business owner. And I was like, if someone in my team did this, I was like, this would be so interesting to see. I don't know how I would react and go to that. So how does that aspect play off where obviously you've got to have good engaging content and then you've got the boss man. Obviously, if it's you guys are siblings and working together, but how does that play off when you're like, cool, we're going to do this. And he's like, fix it up before I come in. How does does that play off off camera? So, So with the day he called in sick, I was driving to work on Monday and I was like, okay, there goes our whole content calendar out the window. I wasn't expecting him to call in sick. How can we play on this? 
So for us, it was, again, what does our audience want to see? They love that we can do whatever we want at work. And even if we do get in trouble or don't get in trouble, they still enjoy seeing his reaction to it. In terms of off screen, there is no discussion. It's I'm doing it. <laughs> like he, he knows the importance. So he understands the importance of the content that we're creating and that we're creating it for a reason. So as an outsider, and I get a lot of people asking me, they're like, do you guys do anything at work? They don't realize that content is part of our marketing. Tuning in, you even said it yourself, we've turned into a soap opera. So we're a channel now. So I just want to create content that people are going to consume, they're going to engage with, and then, you know, all the data collection is happening behind the scenes. I just need you to engage with our content and love what we do. But in terms of how the conversation takes place, it kind of doesn't. I'm just like, yeah, you caught in sick. We are fucking up your desk. <laughs> and then he just watches it on our stories. And if he says anything, I'm like, you know what? We're blocking you and we'll deal with the repercussions tomorrow. It will great make for great content. <laughs> I absolutely love it. It's, it's so good. And it does. It's, I, I literally, like, I know myself and, like, half our team now are always tuning in. They're, like, they literally want to yeah. see what, what goes on. So phenomenal job of that for sure. Thank now, w- what about then, like, have you had any, because I know that obviously regular things, like, you guys don't mind swearing. You guys don't mind, mind calling out all the Karens that tune in and <laughs> drop, all the, drop all of their helpful Someone's insights for you. I, I love it. it. <laughs> I absolutely love that. And then obviously as well, You've got like, you've got the racy side as well. Cause there's a lot of stuff like you guys will post pics. There's like the, the, I don't, I don't know what the character name is, but the guy, like the black dude Big with Barry? the dick, Big Barry. There we yeah. go. Barry. Yeah. Then how are you finding the feedback from like, in, cause obviously I'm assuming mostly follow you guys on Instagram. That's where you yeah. guys are predominantly do you get, cause obviously you get people reporting images and things like that. Yeah. Do you get much other repercussions back from that because of those things? Or do you guys kind of seem to get away with it? Or what, how do you find that side of things? Look, we've created a very specific niche in people we target and people that we attract to our brand. So we know that we're neglecting a lot of people, but that's the benefit of posting this type of content because I know exactly how our audience is going to respond to it. Will I post it on Facebook? No. You're in a very different psychological state where, when you're on Facebook, right? You're connecting with your family and friends. You don't necessarily want to see Big Barry popping up on your feed. And there, there are a lot more Karens on Facebook than what they are on Instagram. So people who are new to our page, yes, we get hate messages. We got reported yesterday and it used to worry us at first. And I think, okay, should we change our content? But the answer was no. How do we turn this into content? So you'll notice that we have a highlight on our page called Karens. So... I know my audience is going to interact with that. They find it really funny how we talk back to customers. So this is the audience that I want to attract because they're the only ones that I'm worried about. I'm worried about our audience, our community, and the people who are eventually going to purchase from us. They're the ones that I'm creating content for. So we've gone and reported a few times. But again, like yesterday, we got reported for the big Barry that we posted. But I then turned that into content for our stories that people engage with. For me, I think it strengthens our brand because we actually have a lot of brand advocates that stick up for us, stand up for us, send us messages daily. And they're like, please don't change. Like you guys are so refreshing to see. We love what you do. Don't change your content because of these Karens that are out there. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Like I I would never recommend anyone ever change their content from the people's feedback because ultimately you don't want to be like, I always give people the analogy that like no one travels for vanilla, right? If you have a vanilla flavor (laughs) of ice cream, no one's traveling to 50Ks to go and get vanilla ice cream. But if you've got something special, like either people love it or they hate it. And that's what you want. You don't want to be on the fence. So, but then obviously with being reported to Instagram, there's no kind of bite back from the like official Instagram side of things. When you get reported like that, there's not too much kickback on their side. 
surprisingly not. I'm sure it will get to a point where if you're constantly reported, you will receive multiple warnings and then eventually they'll shut down your account. We um, do have Facebook and Instagram account managers. So I'm sure there's ways around it. I'm sure we can get our account back. It doesn't worry us as much. And we do censor, like we do know which posts are going to get reported. So we do censor the amount of those that we post daily. But for now, we've had no issues with them. Yeah, awesome. I love that. And so you said that you've got account reps. Is that because you guys, are you guys pumping out much ads or is it mostly organic that brings in your sales? Like what's the strategy for you guys on that side? So it's a mix of both. So if you notice on our Instagram feed and stories, we don't use Instagram as a selling platform whatsoever. It's more of a content creation relationship building platform. And like I said, I just need you to interact with us so that we can get, then go and target our engaged audiences through Facebook and Instagram ads. And the reason we have those account managers is because we've gone through two programs. So the small marketing experts program and the high mm. value marketing program. So we do pump out especially during Corona and we did pump out a lot of ads. Yeah, that's awesome. It's the same. A lot of our clients are, are the same because we, we we run ads for clients and yeah. Uh, yeah, as soon as you start getting a, a decent spend, then they give you that bit, little bit of extra support, which is always helpful, as you say, especially with like, if you do have anything that's ever a little, little too saucy, I guess across yeah. the line, they can always kind of help out on, on that side of things. So yeah. for, for them, for people listening and they're going, okay, cool. Maybe they've got a team member or two. When you mentioned about, crafting of the characters at what point because obviously you said there's three of you guys that are siblings that run own the business right yeah at what point did you start introducing characters and how did you think about that and you also mentioned obviously that falls in line with your content creation schedule and things like how does that part work in case anyone's going maybe that's something that they want to look into what sort of process did you take yourself through so step one is no one actually knows that we're siblings unless they've done their research and has looked into it so people see me as kind of like a disgruntled employee Little do they know that boss man's my brother. <laughs> so, and we choose, so we have a sister, you won't see her on socials. So we choose which characters to show on our Instagram based on who our audience is going to relate to the most. So yeah. that's definitely step one. Don't go turning every single character or every employee in your office into a character if your audience isn't going to resonate with them. So that's kind of how we look at it. And then we know, okay, they enjoy seeing Dildo eat. I'm going to show more of that. They enjoy seeing Stella rough. I'll show more of that. But the way we know what people like to see is we listen. We listen, we respond, we engage. Every single DM we're responding to, even if you just send me a ha, 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 I'm replying to you. So we're constantly on our Instagram and that's why we've been able to build that friendship with our audience. And we actually had one follower come in the other day and he's like, you know what, guys? He goes, and he was a male. And he goes, I feel like I'm buying from my friends. I don't feel like I'm buying from a business. And that's what we've been able to do so well. And I believe any business can do that. We've had a few that would come in and try to use our specific brand tone. It's not going to work for you. If you don't have those personalities in your office, you can't fake it. People can see straight through that on Instagram, right? You need to be authentic to your personality. And that's why I don't get boss man to be funny because he's not, he's angry, right? <laughs> that's his everyday personality. And that's why people have been able to fall in love with him because I haven't tried to turn him into a character that is not. Yeah, I love that's that's so good. And then you mentioned obviously now you guys have established characters that are part of the business, part of the story, which is awesome. And you mentioned the other day, obviously boss man calling in sick throws out the content schedule, right? What how do you now when you go, you go, like, cool, I'm gonna do, you know, six stories of dildo eating her, you know, corn thins <laughs> with, with peanut butter and banana. Or like what's like how do you then plan that out to to tell that or are you just always on? Look, we're always on. 
we do kind of like to structure some sort of content. So we don't have an extremely strict calendar and we're like, okay, on Monday's this, Tuesday's this, Wednesday's this. Because again, you kind of can't fake. When you have personalities like ours in the office, you don't know what's going to happen. You can't fake what's going to happen. We don't know what food deliveries we're receiving that day that we could potentially post. But what we do look at is we're like, okay, so today, for example, caramel came back. People are obsessed with caramel. We're a dessert page. Let's do a caramel recipe. So let's stay up to date with the trends. When boss man called in sick, we're like, this is the perfect opportunity. How do we play on this? So we just had like a quick 10 minute meeting in the morning. And because we encourage creativity in our office and it's something where a lot of businesses don't like, I encourage anybody. You don't even need to be in the marketing team. We even have people in our morning team that are packing boxes who come up to us and be like, Oh my God, you have to do this today. So I think when you create environment of creativity and your employees just start thriving on it and they're listening to radio segments, you encourage them to spend time on YouTube during the day to find new segments that, you know, we can kind of do in our own business. That's how you're able to create different pieces of content. So yes, we kind of have some sort of structure, but if something's thrown at you, you just need to be able to respond to it. Yeah, that's perfect. And it's obviously having a slight structure and then, you know, as you say, adapting it yeah. to, to people because, mm-hmm. yeah, I think sometimes people can go too much where they're like, cool, you know, Wednesday wins and I have to do something specifically about this. And then it takes away that naturality of the whole thing and the whole experience, which is, yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. I love that. And so you mentioned you've obviously got a packing team as well. How many people actually are on the whole team over there? So we have five full timers. There's 12 casual staff that we alternate between. And then we use multiple courier systems. So we in-house some of our own drivers. So I'd say we have five full-time drivers and then we have other drivers as part of the courier system. So the team at Dessert Boxes, you're looking at around 25 to 30. Yeah, that's amazing. So good. And as I said, like the... I saw your guys' stuff. I was looking for a Dessert Box. I remember one time and then I came across you guys and I saw it and I was like... I think it was, I needed something like the next, I can't remember what happened. I needed something in Perth and I ended up finding these Perth guys to do it. But then I came back and I was like, you guys actually do have some of the, the best stuff that I've, that I have seen. And then obviously have you, cause obviously you guys put messages in there and you share some of the messages that people send to their loved ones and whatnot. Have you found people going more extreme? Cause they're like, hopefully the guys will take a picture of my message now. Cause I yeah. saw some of the ones, I think it was like some mother's day or one of the ones. And I was like, some of these, I was like, like, I cannot imagine my mum sending something like this to me. Like, do you, do people try and do they amplify what they say now based on you guys sharing stuff as well? Yeah. Look a hundred percent. Like I have people sending us messages that they've sent their friend saying, is this going to make it to your stories? And then I'll honestly reply to them going, nah, it's not funny enough. Or yeah, yeah I'll post it. So people, and they want to share it with their friends. So we have a lot of, content that's shared amongst you know you can have a look at all the analytics and people love sharing content but they also they want to know that they were funny enough to make it to dessert boxes page Mm. so i think we've like when you were saying about mother's day just for your listeners we've had messages like look as a walk i'm like i could never send this to my mom this must be a white person thing i would get disowned but one of the messages was happy mother's day thanks for not swallowing me would you send your, your mum flowers with that message on it? Probably not. But you, you know you can get away with it because you're sending her a dessert box, which is a fun product in itself. And you know that it's a brand that encourages those messages. So I feel as though people would also feel more comfortable sending those messages to us. Even when we take same-day orders over the phone and Stella's answering the phone calls, they're cracking up when they're reading out their messages to her. She's like, don't worry, I've heard this all before. 
Like you can tell me anything and I'll write it on this card. So we've also given them the ability to write what they really want to say to their loved ones and friends. Whereas other brands, you know, again, like a flower company, you probably would feel a bit cautious or you'd probably feel as though you might be a bit judged if you send one of those messages. Whereas we've kind of eliminated all of that. Yeah, that's amazing. As you said, I think you've done a tremendous job because then as you say, it's like you feel like you're interacting with a friend because you've had have had that experience. And especially if I suppose you're you've seen someone like Stella on the stories and then you're speaking to her on the phone, you'd just be like, Oh yeah, I could I can say really anything and it's not gonna be a problem. And I think that's always what the best brands I've ever seen and the best marketers and marketing is is where you have that you have that connection. Cause I know for us, like the our as our whole team watches them and now anytime it's like cause we periodically look for client gifts they're like cool next time they're like we just like we don't normally send people like food because we're like we're in, in the marketing space ourselves so we send like books and marketing but they're like i want to send someone a really funny dessert box and i was like okay you guys choose when next time we've got to do client gifts you guys get to go for it i'm just sign off from you guys not from me and then it's okay <laughs> so like they i think you've done a tremendous job of that and i really love watching it and observing from the because I look at it from the consumer angle and the marketing and I was like, it's just, it's just great. Love it, which is why I was really excited to have you on the podcast as well. So yeah, it's, it's epic stuff. Now, Thank I always you. like to ask... Like yeah, a, you're like having a pleasure. fangirl moment. I'm going to say this after all of these. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to show you some love, right? Now, I always like to ask this question at the end as we get towards the end of our time together. What's the question that I haven't asked you that I should have? Jeez, that's a good one. I should have listened to one of your podcasts the whole way through, you know, that this was coming. <laughs> I'm just trying to think what value can I add that we probably haven't already touched on? Because the main thing that we do focus on is, you know what, one thing I do enjoy kind of, so I have a lot of brands that come to us. It's not really a question. I'm just going to go off on a tangent here. But I do, do have a lot of other brands and small business owners come to us and they're like, how can we be you? Or how can we have a highly engaged audience on Instagram or what makes you different to every other brand on Instagram? Like how do you have this engaged following and these brand advocates that you've built that absolutely love what you do? And I always talk about the concept of the purple cow by Seth Godin. Mm. Are you familiar with that book? Yeah. 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 And this is what I love explaining to people about how you stand out in such a noisy environment and how you as a business, if you're taking somebody's attention away from the influences that they follow, the family and friends that they love interacting with and the photos that they want to see. If you as a business are coming in and you're like, no, hey, listen to my message. My message is more important. It obviously has to be a message that is of value to them or they need to be scrolling and they need to be like, oh, you know, brown cows, brown cows, brown cows. Then they just press on yours and like, oh my God, a purple cow. Like how remarkable is that? And with remarkability comes you're either loved or you're either hated. There is no in-between. And when you think of dessert boxes, you think, yes, like they're remarkable because you either love them or you either hate them. And as a business owner, you need to be okay with that. So you need to be okay with not everyone's going to understand what you do, but we're all in the game of capturing people's attention. So if you want to capture their attention, it's such a noisy environment where every business owner is competing to grab their attention. You have to be remarkable. You have to be that purple cow. You need to stand out. You need to be producing content that nobody else is producing in your industry. And when you say purple cow, you know straight away who the purple cows are in certain industries. Like you think gift giving, I'd like you to think dessert boxes. You think mattresses, you think koala. That's that's something I love referring to because like what's more boring than mattresses, right? There's not much. But look at what koala has been able to do and the brand they've been able to build. 
So that that's definitely something that I would recommend people read, Seth Go to Purple Cow, because that explains branding. Yeah, 100% spot on. Couldn't agree more. And then as you mentioned as well, like the content side of things, and I think I saw a post from you either the last couple of days around Gary Vee and leading with that content without yeah. the expectation. As you said, you don't do any selling in your stories or in your posts. It's the, it's the value provision because you're doing entertainment. And then eventually, you know, whether or not they see an ad or whether they just go, wow, now I want to I see what you guys are up to and buy something from you, it's always going to be a byproduct of that as well. So I love that. Mm, exactly. And you don't, you don't need to be funny. Like your value add can be, you can be informative, you can be knowledgeable, you can be sincere. It doesn't, if you're not a funny brand, you don't have to try and be humorous. Because again, like we were saying earlier, people will see straight through that. And that's where a lot of brands are going wrong, especially when they approach us because they say, we try to be funny, but it's not working. But you don't need to be. You can add value in other ways. It doesn't have to be humor. Mm. You're like, sorry, I have to let you down. You're just not funny, so don't try. You're not. I can't help you with that. There's no ebook. There's no course. There's no podcast you can listen to. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then for anyone that's listening and say, cool, now they want to know about you guys. They want to go and check out everything that you guys are up to because after listening to this, how could you not? Where's the best places for them to connect with you guys and follow along with everything that's going on? Yep. So head over to our Instagram, Dessert Boxes. Head over to our TikTok. TikTok, help us get TikTok famous. Again, Dessert Boxes, Facebook Dessert Boxes. Our website is www.dessertboxes.com.au. But I definitely recommend you head over to our Instagram so that everything we just spoke about makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. So we'll link that, guys. Wherever you're watching or listening to this, check the show notes. We'll link everything up so you can click straight on through and check these guys out. And if you know anyone that has a terrible Instagram game and maybe they've been trying to pretend that they're funny or something like that, make sure that you share this podcast with them so they can hopefully get a few of these golden nuggets that Samantha shared with us today. And then you guys can go out there and change the game in your businesses. But thank you so much again for joining us today on the Kim Barra Show. Really appreciate you making the time. Thanks, Kim. Thanks for having me. Cheers.